Dutch is a lifelong early adopter and trend discoverer. Chris is a philosopher, engineer, and futurist. Together, they are oddly incorrect. It be you. Five minutes early. Well, five minutes early. I can't. I can't be five minutes early. Come on. No, not not and be Chris Calabucas. <laughs> so this is who is what clone is this? <laughs> well, my last meeting ended a little early, and I noticed that you had entered the room. So I thought, hey, why not start a little? Oh, early? why not? Yes, that's that's <laughs> totally fine. You know that. How are you? Were you giving me a, give me grief? Because. <laughs> I'm 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 busting your chops. I'm pulling yeah. your chain. No, I'm doing I'm doing fine. I'm doing fine. How are you doing? You still I'm in good. Texas, I'm man? Good. What's going on I'm here? I'm still in Texas. So, but but to 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 bring you up to date mm-hmm. is I think she's still waiting for the house to be inspected. They hope they hope that it would happen Friday or Monday, but I haven't heard from her. So my guess is it didn't happen. So why is it taking so long? This sounds crazy. This is not COVID back every. I mean, it's not. It is the COVID. It is the COVID. It's the COVID backed everything up at the county, (laughs) which doesn't make any sense to me because she was booked to do this. And I believe they're just blaming COVID for everything. uh, You know, and my guess is they're probably like the the um, school teacher unions is the least amount of work that they can get by with is what they're going to do. That's right. And they can blame it on COVID and we will never be able to check. No. So, nope. well, we would be if they used, you know, if they used um, proper protocols like timesheets and and um, project codes. Oh, yeah. We but that, that, that's know. going against the union, though. Oh, Isn't yeah. Isn't that going I mean, against the union? No way. Well, <laughs> I I don't know if it's going against the union, but I can see why they wouldn't want to use it. Because Isn't that, that, don't you agree that like that's one of the institutions that needs to go away? Unions with, in general, period. <laughs> Especially public service unions. Well, Those service unions, gotta yes, go. Public service unions, I, I can see that because they they are so far they are they are like riding on the golden parachute of everything. Yeah. I mean, you know, they live better off than the people that serve that they that pay their salaries. All of them do. Oh yeah. Oh so, yeah. Uh, so there's that. Um, but. In general, I don't believe unions should go away because there's management still has the habit of doing less with with more, and that means doing less work with more people. So, yeah, but the problem is, is that I mean, th- there's there's these industries where unions are protecting the workers. I think they're almost few and far between, aren't they? I mean, are these unions actually doing a good job of protecting the workers, no, or are they and- just lining their own pockets? Here's more corruption. You right? finally got there. You're, they're lying in their own pockets. I do believe that's, yeah. that's too. I, I, I think I've told you about when I was, I think we've talked about this before is that we had a work stoppage there at the hospital last, almost last year for a year. And, and in California, when I was there, this was uh, 2001, I think. Yeah. Um, it was against the law to have a strike but you could have a work stoppage, but you had to notify them that you were going to, you were not going to be, or the employees were not going to be there for a certain amount of days. Mm-hmm. And um, so this went on for, on and off for a while, for about eight or nine months, best I remember. 
Mm -hmm. they were getting ready to leverage it up and do a two week work stoppage. They were doing, they had leveraged it up to doing three, I think, I think they were, they were at three or five day work stoppages, but they were getting ready to do a two week start work stoppage and it was settled. The problem being is about probably about a month and a half, somewhere around six weeks. We heard, we heard that the union jacked their, union dues up and it pretty much erased all the uh, all the all the uh, i mean that's that's the way it came down to me it was pretty much erased all the gains that these people had to put up with to pay the union dues wow wow so, so they, the union basically said oh okay you know it doesn't matter what you get in an increase we're taking all of it pretty much that's the way it came down it sour oh man it's and this is seiu so every time i see seiu i'm like crooks yeah the minute i see it's crooks oh come on they're all they're all crooks i mean name one union that's actually in good shape i think they're all the same now right it's just as just as corrupt as management i mean i don't know yes they're both (laughs) yes they are they're they're both institutions and 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 the people that are getting squeezed are the people who pay their it's just like politicians we pay their wages but they're they're screwing us all yeah they're supposed to be representing the workers but they're not but they and they're not and they, so what is this so, like is this a standard thing like once what is this a standard thing that happens like people start organizations with good intentions and then eventually they get corrupted they just they just get corrupted and then they just well, stay think, corrupted until they're I busted think, up and then they're then we start again i mean is this just like a thing that happens with human beings <laughs> so i think what happens and I think this is, you know, I think you're touching on this, but I think it's more like normal. We're more meta than you think right. is that as we, as, as they get at a higher level of abstraction, the corruption comes in because that, that means they're not on the floor. Right. Running the union. They're the union hall, which means they're, they're essentially, and most union, most of the guy that I was, that I worked with from the union hall, the union rep, I do not think it ever worked in a hospital. Right. He had been a union organizer and that's where the corruption comes in is when you don't have grassroots in the union hall and you have administrative. So it's really easy to say here, this is what we're going to do because they don't know how nonsensical it is. Sometimes. So they can go straight, straight into that without actually being part of the yes. workforce that they're representing. Yeah. That sounds insane. That's just like it's like a priest giving marriage advice. Well, that's <laughs> a too, Catholic but, priest giving marriage advice. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that's a good that's a good one. Um, what what they did there at the hospital they had they had the stewards council and that's supposedly that's what's supposed to be the interaction between the people on the on the ground at the uh, on at the foot soldier level mm-hmm. is there's the stewards is supposed to represent their interest mm-hmm. but there's not a, there's you know the stewards are well they're they they got their own i don't want to say corruption but they've got their own mindset because they're not. They're trying to do the best that they can, but they're they're representing. This is this is. A, they're representing. I think we had like a hundred and fifty, and we had set five or six stewards, maybe mm, seven. Mm. 
So this is the this is the thing that happens, and and this is where it, I believe it happens. This when this is a natural. This a uh, is it a structural. Yes, it's a structural process, and it works with the news too, because mm-hmm. news reporters are like are union shop stewards. They're represent they're representing, mm-hmm. you know, the the news sources, but they're they probably have talked to five or six sources and probably have. Two, hopefully they got two or three hours of, of tape that they have to summarize. And it's the summarization that gets pushed up and it gets mm. summarized. And so you've heard, uh, you know, this to be true in an organization. So you, you write your report grass level. You're, you're the, what do they call it? There's a term that they call it. It's most people call it the worker bees, but uh, uh, there's another term for it. What the individual um, contributors? Yes, that's it. That's exactly <laughs> it. The individual contributors write the report, and then it goes up to the manager, and the manager takes that report along with the other ten or fifteen people report that that he manages, and he writes his report. So it's a it's a function of summarization. Right, but that that's abstraction again, too. Right, it's like right. you're abstracting. It, a, you're, so the, you're is getting it, away from the from the from the ground level the actual doing of it to the thought of doing it. Oh, that's and interesting. As you, as you work up the line, I, I mean, and, and then what happens is something that's even more nefarious than summarization, which is sanitization. Mm. And that comes where, Oh, we can't say that. So they change the word. They do the wordsmithing on it. And it's yeah. Cause not that would make close. me look bad or make my group right. look bad. Or well, it'll look, yeah. yeah. A lot of that is not, it, I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt. It's not that they're going to look bad as that the managing up is, is, is an art. And so, you know, what the, what, you know, how to couch the language to your supervisor to where you can kind of push it through. Mm. Is it, so this is, this goes back. Is it accurate? Well, at that point, I would say it's not accurate and you're, you're, you're pushing something that that the worker bees would go that's not right so it's being dishonest basically it it no i think it's like good faith but i i wouldn't say (laughs) but i but going back to um decisions are made on that information especially when it gets high enough if it gets high enough that thing is so so um the if it goes high and unfortunately this is a function of leadership too is leadership does not have the time to go down and check to see whether this is an accurate representation of what the worker bees are working or, yeah. or the individual contributors working with yeah well it's so, like the premise for that show undercover boss right yeah so <laughs> so we had what we call what were called skip level lunches mm-hmm. which were ridiculous Skip level lunches. That's so actually what they would them do, that. Yes. So what they would they, they, what they would do uh, is your director your director would meet with you and your manager wouldn't be in the room. That was mm-hmm. a skip level lunch. Mm-hmm. But you, <laughs> that must have been a really awkward it conversation. Was, it was because most people dealing with information in in my and this is my take on on NASA's is the very first thing that they do to deal with information is they don't deal with the information and they deal with the source. Mm. So and I've seen it I've seen it enough to know that this is like the first cut of the information is who said it. 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And if they said it and they're like a non, not a reputable character, or they got some credibility problem or something, whatever. Now that that's what they all say, and they dismiss it out of hand. So right. it won't get done. It won't get it won't get addressed because so and so was a bad messenger. Right. Which so is, the source is important to them. Yeah. Not to me. To mm-hmm. me, it's the it's the message. Yeah. I don't care who says it. Check the message out. And, well, yeah, because you know, it, it doesn't matter who says it. It could be really important. Well, if you <laughs> right? if anyone could raise the flag. <laughs> correct. If you're if if I believe when we talk about the marketplace of ideas, you have to be able to champion the idea or or take down the idea, regardless of where it comes from. Yeah. And and I'm I'm not going to say I'm totally a, a virgin on this because I you know there I have my sources that I look at and I'll, oh man I can't believe they cited that place what are they thinking I'm not you know I'm not going to give them the time of day. And unfortunately, I'm at, I, and I don't know where you're at, but I would imagine we're pretty close to the same thing that we, we don't, we don't take anything off the news at all. I, I, I can't remember last time I watched a newscast. No, I don't, I don't trust in a year. I don't trust anything. Well, <laughs> I, try, I but trust it's, nothing. <laughs> but it, but it's the thing there that I was talking about is the summarization that as it rolls up. Now think about it. So they have the reporter. Then they have the editor, and then they have uh, the news anchor, mm-hmm. and each one of them's got their fingers on it. Oh yeah, are are their producer producers? I would I, I would say news anchor, the news producers, and each one of them is going to to or our, our our audience won't pay any attention to it if we talk about it this way. So let's talk about it this way, and then the inaccuracies come in. And then the managing up happens too, because you're right. I mean, the editor says, I want you to write a story that's critical of X, right? Right. And even if the reporter doesn't believe that they should be critical of X, they have to write a report report that's critical of X because that's what the editor is asking for, right? So it's like any other job. You have to do what your boss is telling you to do. Well, you're, you're getting, so you're, you're getting on that little note that you asked me about. Why is it important about forgiveness? Ask for, for, forgiveness instead of permission yeah yeah and why is that why does that work more and i wish they they actually ought to teach that in management school we kind of know it but i I never had a class on it and they really need to teach why that is the way to do it is is because it's easier to say no to a theory than it is to an action yeah but the problem is is that i think i think that generally is a good rule, right? Or it has been a good rule up to now in the same way as that Cialdini's influence, you know, principles of influence have been good rules up to now, but then we eviscerated those, remember? So mm-hmm. I, I, I'm sensing that the same thing is happening with that is that we, we're, we're entering into a situation where uh, we talked about how algorithms don't forgive, right? right. And so people don't, people, you can't say, uh, you know, permission versus forgiveness because uh, if you make one mistake you'll never be forgiven so <laughs> you have to ask well permission. the algorithm <laughs> but, but this is where this is where it kind of comes in where the algorithm will not forget because it can always tap the database well exactly I mean, so that's what happens is that in the past you would say okay uh, forgiveness versus permission right so you would do the thing that you would normally ask permission for and then say, oops, you know, uh, but look, it all well, worked out I didn't out know it was going to upset you. I, I had no, but see, that's the whole thing. That's what no, I'm but that's what happens. Say. 
is that, it, yeah, but then what happens is that a lot of times, you know, maybe it works, maybe it doesn't work, but let's say it works and you're good. But, you know, if they don't want you to, if they don't want to forgive you, then they could ban you forever. So it's kind of, it's kind of like putting up a YouTube video that the powers that be don't like, right? right? They could just say, okay, you're banned forever. And it's like, wait a minute. <laughs> You've been canceled. I can't even ask for forgiveness. I can't even, I don't even get the chance to ask for but forgiveness. Say, the, the difference there is we're talking about YouTube. We're, see how I want to, how I want to capture this. YouTube video is we're in we're in abstraction even then. Mm -hmm. The only what they should go after them is you is because um, most of the creators that we're probably talking about do their mo. I would bet most of them do their own editing. Yeah, which means they have to they have to do all that software kind of stuff, and they get taken down for like one word out of an hour. Yeah, that is totally out of proportion. That is yeah. disproportionate. With the offense now what what google should do is um since they already know how to do the um the voice recognition is go in there and bleep that word and with an insert instead of deleting the content the offensive word could go in and say okay we know it's at um at uh timestamp two minutes 13 seconds and four and 29 29 30th or something like that because that's what video works off is 29 frames a sec yeah 29 but aren't frames they, per second but it's like you're, when you're saying that but you see it sort of like made me think is it that's but that's the whole idea they want a chilling effect on anybody who does Correct. anything like that so, so they will outright ban you for a single word in a single video because they want everybody to understand that we control the narrative and you and hit you, on the thing that it's not that they control they control the platform. Yeah. Because there's obviously YouTube has so, multiple narratives running, but it roll. This is also kind of the, the whole thing about the summer. Thing. It rolls up. Yeah. You know, it's, it's so you got your you got your creators that were part of the. You know, I don't know if YouTube still got the Red Channel. They still have the Red Channel. I uh, I think so i think they renamed it something that, else or did that go into the youtube uh, video uh, uh streaming thing because I, I haven't seen them advertise the red in a lot and but maybe yeah i think they just i think they just i think they they may have gotten rid of the branding but i think that they're still in a premium service okay. well i know yeah. there's a premium because they have a they have a streaming service and that's my guess is they rolled it into that because yeah. it's a, it, it would be a bit it would be an easier sell to to roll it into the streaming service than to sell it as a standalone. I think. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it's the same thing. Is is there the 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 independent creators are really up in arms about um, the emphasis to main? Uh, I don't want to say mainstream media, but um, they're up at arms that Will Smith. They just give him his channel. Mm -hmm. And the and the content creators have to build their audience, and Will Smith just shows up and he's got forty million people. It's there. the head and the tail again. It's the head and the tail again. It's like we used to. It's the same thing that was. I, I don't know. Did I tell you about the whole cycle of uh, cycle of uh, media, where you know it starts off as something that everybody can everybody can access and everybody can post and everybody can get their stuff out there, and then it goes through a period where 
you know, the head decides to wake up and go, oh, we need to get on that too. So they start pulling those. It's kind of like what happened with podcasts, right? So the example is the way podcasting started, it was just a bunch of regular folks sitting at home going, oh, I can upload an MP3 file and people right. can download it and listen to it. And it, that it was this huge groundswell of just regular people who were like audio geeks or nerds or whatever, who figured this thing out and they launched podcasts. And for the longest time, you know, Disney and the mainstream media didn't give a shit about it, right? right. <laughs> they didn't care. And then it started building and building and building and building and building. And then Apple podcasts started and they said, okay, let's bring them all in. So they brought them all in. And then all of a sudden there was all this great content created by all these great content creators that nobody had ever heard about. And it was all awesome stuff, right? And, and people thought, well, oh, this is great. So they all got sucked in to podcasting. And then all of a sudden, uh, you know, Disney and the big media producers are like, hey, we need to get in this game. So Google and Apple said, sure, why not? So they punted us down. <laughs> they pushed us down and said, okay, Disney and Will Smith and, you know, all these big well, names, uh, okay. come on in. So they so basically like, like used us as bait to pull people in and then they started bringing head content to, and started pushing the tail content out and then boom the the major players are back in at the top again and there's right. maybe a few content creators that actually survived the purge right. but the rest of us are down in the bottom until the next platform comes up right <laughs> it's tiktok or instagram or, or 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 clubhouse or this or this it's like we have to go to another platform and get uh you know, popular on that platform. And then again, the head comes in and takes over and the platforms are complicit in doing that because they know they can make more money out of Will Smith than they can make out of us. Right. <laughs> Sorry. I was just ranting. No, 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 no. I think, I think I understand both messages. You just like, you just laid down. Okay. Um, I tend to do things in twos. I don't know why people have complained about that. <laughs> Well, because communication, so I mean, it's, what's your Myers-Briggs? I don't think I've ever asked you that. Oh, I don't know. I-N-T something. Who knows? <laughs> well, it's, so the, the important one, I-N-T, the next one is the important one for what you just said. Okay. So, I don't think I've done, I don't think I've done one recently, so I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, it should, hopefully it doesn't change very much. So uh, I will go I ahead and do, I'll, I'll do mine. If you want to send me your thing, send me how to, how to do one. Oh, how, do well, we, how do I do one? I, I can, I guess I can, I, I guess I owe you that much for all the work you do. I'll <laughs> buy one and send it to you. Um, oh, you have to pay. Oh, if you have to pay, forget it. <laughs> oh, well, there's so, so Hello. Yes, I'm a certified Myers-Briggs practitioner. It's like nine bucks to get it. So I think I can pay for that. Oh, wow. You're certified? I yes. didn't know that. Not certifiable, just certified. Yeah, well, uh, that's questionable on both of those. So um, where you were, where you were talking, but what you're talking about there is privilege. Mm -hmm. you're, you're you, what you've touched on with Will Smith and the, and the, and the big name, they they are privileged because they didn't have to go through building an audience. Yep, yep. They're they using, already had one. They already they had. Are, one. They're they're using their fame and it's transferring into different mediums. Which which you know they, I I understand how that works, but they don't understand the work that goes through to build up 
that audience. Yeah. Because it's basically been given to them. The minute they almost, almost the minute they get on a, a, a broadcast TV show or even even broadcast news, you're given an audience of probably multiple th- hundreds of thousands, yep. if not millions. Yep. Yep. And they don't, they, so they, so they, the average creator is left in the dust and they're and a lot of, I mean, the, I, the way I think of it is the, I'm, I'm, I don't even like to use the average creator, the content creators who, who are out there and may have developed their networks of sources that give them reliable information, much more so than reporters who were sitting there with Google and saying, okay, well, so-and-so interviewed them. I know them, they did a pretty good job. So I'm going to source their information, whether they did the on the ground reporting or not. And I think that's a lot of what's happening now is it's copycat reporting. Oh, totally. It's copy and paste. That's all it is. (laughs) They get get their talking points for the day. And they say, well, how am I going to rewrite well, okay, this? So, so it doesn't sound like everybody so else. <laughs> talking points for the day means it's going out. But but a narrative, so let's let's look at this and let me think about this for a minute. Talking points for the day is this is the message we need to push. Mm-hmm. And this is the framework that you need to pull everything towards. Yeah. You know, because then you got meta frameworks behind that. And, and so you're you need to look at you. So you need, we need to look at the talking points and do the analysis to see what the meta frameworks are behind the talking points. And i my guess is very few people do that. They, somebody at some level knows what they are because they've got a strategy or a, a comm plan that says, we're going to hit on this and hit, hit on this and hit on this. So the news is the news, the way we experience is constructed. Mm-hmm. And it, so, you know, I've thought this for like 30 years back when um, when I was taking my mass media course. And this was 92. And I think Bush was still in office and Clinton was on his way. And Bosnia Herzegovina was on the was on page 17 of the news. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it what it, it taught me is there's something bubbling up that they can pull forward if they want to. There's, there's always something that can bubble up because, and then they make it a crisis. Yeah. Uh, so most of the crises we've had in our lifetime were created. Oh, totally manufactured. Yep. Totally and, manufactured. And, you know, so, and as we're kind of getting far afield from forgiveness and permission, but I think it all ties in together in this thing. When you said that, okay, well, the, the difference is that you, Permission, they can they can quash it because they don't know exactly what you're doing. We're we're not good at describing our behavior or what even what we intend to do. Mm-hmm. Because I always think about this is uh, when you're building a house, you have the architect, and then you have the carpenter, and in between you have the contractor. So you, the the architect puts together the theory. The contractor modifies it based on cost and, and all this other stuff. Uh, materials and, and logistics and all, and all that kind of stuff. Then you get down to the carpenter and he's the guy with the level to make sure that the, the boards that the are the studs that the contractor put on paper are actually level. Mm-hmm. So it's as even the, you know, so you got the theory that refines down 
to the to the carpenter level and you've got to think that whole thing that you if you're I, I believe you've got to do that and the problem with asking permission is that any step along the way they can say no yeah. but if you've already done it and it's and it's appropriate uh, um it solves the problem or is the desired I guess the desired results then you're more likely to get forgiveness than you will permission. It's no, too I, easy to say yeah. no. And and I used to tell my students, I said, the most common response to any question ever asked in the history of man is no. <laughs> I believe that. I believe and that. If you, I mean, and yes, which is what most people are I mean, I, I play with this all the time. So I will, I will, I have a former questions I will ask is, is Joe, Joe, Bright, Joe. So it's a, it's an assertion followed by a, a comma and yes or no, which is the question. So Joe Biden is the president of the United States. Yes. Or Joe Biden is the president of the United States. No, <laughs> it's intonation, but I play with this all the time because it's, I'm, 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 it's a, it's a, it's, I guess I don't see it very often, so I'm not going to say it's my own construction, but it's an interesting way to get an assertion out there and then question it in the same sentence. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But see, the problem is, is that I think we should now, now that you're making me think about this, maybe we should just go meta on the whole statement and say that neither works, right? Because permission doesn't work. And then forgiveness doesn't work either because as soon as they see what you've done they can they they won't forgive you so it's you it's say it's easier to ask for permission than it is forgiveness but sorry forgiveness than permission but if you never get forgive forgiven then what's the point like neither one of those things will work well, yes you can't ask for permission you have to go ahead and do it and the corollary to your uh example is that yeah what if you had an architect and a contractor and a carpenter build a house without a permit right the city can come in and just tear it down right <laughs> so the house is built but it's only temporary because it can be torn down so it's it a, could it's be the same way so so at the extremes yes they, they could do that but they could tear it down even like like let's say they had inspectors come in. They said, yep, this is sound. It works great. But since you didn't have it permitted before you built it, we still have to tear it down. Right. Because, because, because you know, the foibles of, oh, you pissed me off or, you know, you, you, well, you I, didn't I go follow the rules, blah, I, blah, blah. Right. I would say it's the insurance. Because we cannot certify it, the insurance company is not going to cover it. Yeah, and if we had any, if we had a fire or something, who's going to pay us for fighting the fire? Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. You know, so, or they, they could I mean, come up with a myriad of reasons. Big thing, so yeah, yeah, they could come up with a myriad of reasons for why it should come down. But it's which the same is, thing. which is it's exactly like, the thing that I'm saying is yeah. this is why you don't ask for permission because uh, this this goes permission is never given, way. whereas forgiveness is sometimes given. <laughs> right. Well, so remember what I was saying. I was the it's the behavior is done it's yeah. already done now yeah. you're bringing in some cows variables. out of the <laughs> the, <laughs> the cows so, out of the pen <laughs> so it's already done the house is already built and it's already done so mm -hmm. now the powers that be are pissed off because you didn't pay for the right to build the house yeah and 
also, because you got to pay for the inspection too, to see if it's certified for occupancy was the problem that Rose is having out in California. Yeah. Um, so you're paying for things that you're, I, I would like to know what's the real cost benefit for me to do, for me to pay you to um, uh, certify my house as occu- has, uh, with occupancy. Right. What is the cost benefit to me as the owner? Yeah. Because I can see the cost benefit to all the regulatory crap that's, you know, that that's a cash cow to them. Oh, I yeah. Yes. Absolutely. And an employment, and a, and an employment plan. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. we touched on some really, I think, I think we touched on some things. No, that, but go ahead. But I'm I'm trying I'm trying to think back what we touched on. No, oh, talking oh, about I, the. I know. Go ahead. So, in so, um, years ago, I came the metaphor of um, Cartesian space. Mm-hmm. The four quarter. Think think about this: is Excel only only deals with one quadrant. Mm-hmm. It does not deal with the other three quadrants. Mm-hmm. We mm-hmm. kind of infer that it does, but it doesn't really do it. Because um, you can't have a negative negative in Excel. Really. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I was thinking about this and, you know, so the, the idea the, and my idea is, is that line from on the X, Y axis that is one Y up and one X over is the ideal thing. You just extrapolate that all the way out to 10 units up and 10 units Y, 10 units X. And so it's a 45 degree angle, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, That mm -hmm. one line, that's the perfect output. Think about that quadrant and how much other space is not the perfect output. Right. And that, and that's what we're talking about. 99.99%. Yeah. Like huge amounts. That's what we're talking about. Asking for permission is all around that perfect line. Mm -hmm. And, and so if we were to make that metaphor into our discussion, the perfect line would be it's done. Yeah. And forgive me that I didn't hit the 99,000 other million points that you have. (laughs) Okay. So you're right. You're right. So I think you're right because, but permission is sometimes given though. Right, it is. permission is sometimes given, so it's a crapshoot either way. So the, the well, statement okay, so... "it's easier to forgive than it is to permit" is actually incorrect because it could be just as bad either way. It could be. Yeah. But so so okay so now so did we did we talk about the student did we talk about the fairness thing? Sound like it seemed like we did. The fairness thing. My, okay, so so my lesson in fairness was I. When I was a TA working on a master's, I had this young lady come to me and she wanted me to regrade, change the grade on one. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. We talked about this. Yeah, you told told me about that. So the thing is fairness. Okay, so we, the, the powerless, are going to ask for forgiveness from the powerful so they'll be fair. Mm hmm. You understand that I'm, I'm putting all yep. this kind of together. Yep. 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 And, and, and we don't have the power to get permission, but we have the power to ask for forgiveness. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
because it's already done. Yeah. Uh, and if, if, we're, if it's done, it may be not done the way you want to. And this is the way I think about this stuff a lot. And in fact, my little sister had a had a good thing this week. We're, she was out there scrubbing the front porch with a whisk room. And what she wanted me to do is go into the kitchen and get her a scrubby pad. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, nobody's going to care about that. <laughs> and I said, this is your perfection trying to, this is you trying to be perfect, which I don't believe anyway. Oh, perfection like, doesn't exist. <laughs> no, but there are people who believe that it does. Well, I know, right? It's not, it's, they come up with this. And I, and I had this when I had the work relation to at NASA. There's a lady that would hold on to a document. Well, it's not ready yet. How do you know it's not ready? Nobody's seen it. <laughs> it might be ready. We don't it's, know what it has it, in it, which it, we're waiting to find out what it is. It's not ready according to her standards. <laughs> exactly. And that's the, so it's a control thing to me. Yeah. It's a power and control thing. She had the power to say that it wasn't ready and control over the, the access to the document. And it was so frustrating because we were, we've been waiting for this document for like weeks, you know, and, we, and I like Cynthia, whose standard are you using that it's not ready? Yeah. <laughs> I said, who's standing, you know, who is that? And she, I could never get that it was hers, but it was hers. Nobody else had ever seen it. I said, and, and this is, this is, this happens so much. And this goes once again, that we're all detail oriented is whether what details you're oriented to. Mm-hmm. And then I'm sure I drive my sister crazy because my sister, and since we're dealing with a realtor, my realtor is the same way. They live with details. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I could care, give me the ballpark figure so I can make a decision and get going. Yeah. If, cause you give me enough details, I will become indecisive. Yeah. I, I it's like, but if you give me the ballpark thing and maybe not a yes or no, but there's like very few options. Oh yeah. That's good enough. Yeah. Do you get like fixated on a specific detail or something? Or is that, is that what I, happens? Well, or? If you, if, if there are enough details, I become over. So this is, this is a problem with a, uh, analysis by paralysis. Mm-hmm. I mean, paralysis by analysis is you have so many details, which one is the most relevant one. Mm-hmm. And you've got so many, you cannot decide which one it is. And that's essentially what's going on when we're asking for permission, going back to the quadrant thing. There's so many things that co- could go wrong, could go wrong, mm-hmm. not will go wrong. And people don't, that they don't make that shift. Could versus will. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and, um, and it, it takes me my one of my favorite lines out of 12 Angry Men, and we probably talked about this too, is uh, juror number eight and juror number five. Juror number five is the architect, and juror number eight is Henry Fonda. I don't even know what he does. I think, oh, wait a minute. No, juror number five is a stockbroker. Mm-hmm. That's E.G. Marshall. And they, they're in there, and, and Fonda keeps saying over and over, it's just possible. It's possible. It's just possible. And that's his thing. His whole thing is make it, make it possible. Mm-hmm. But E.G. Marshall comes in, but not very probable. Mm. And that was such a good line. I use it all the time. It's yes, everything is possible. We do not know what is impossible. In fact, that's really hard to come up with is something that is totally impossible. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But when you take it from possibility to probability is now has a score. Yeah. You can yeah. put a number is quantified. That's the way I think of it. it's transition from qualitative to quantitative mm -hmm. is when you go from possibility to probability. But is that an accurate representation of real life though? Hell to be no. Quantifiable? It's a theory. <laughs> so, so, but interestingly enough, uh, I was talking to somebody yesterday about the philosophy of math and I want to hit you with this because mm -hmm. I had never actually thought about this. Mm -hmm. uh, and it's a, it's a philosophy of mathematics. I'll send you the link here in just a minute. They're talking about, um, I won't go through the whole thing, but they're saying truth is generally considered to be a matter of correspondence between our thoughts and language on one hand and the reality on the other. So we're right now, I believe, in the in the difference between Aristotle and Plato, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. That's that's a central thing is what's real and what's what's abstraction, which thoughts and language are abstractions. And then there's the real. Yeah. So it goes on down there, and the mathematical statements are hopefully true. This suggests, as mathematical statements are hopefully true, this suggests that the objects referred to in these statements, numbers, sets, functions, etc., must exist. In the past 20 years, two questions are generally attributed to American philosopher Paul Benacerraf, I think. I have become paramount, and these are two questions. Given that mathematical objects don't have causes or effects, how can we refer to them? And mm. the person I was, yeah, I'm, I'm like, for me, it's not the light, it's not the question, not the how can we refer to them. That, that's not the interesting thing. Is the interesting thought was, given that mathematical objects do not have cause and effect. Well, don't math. math objects exist outside of reality anyway? Because they're abstractions? Well, so an abstraction means it's not real, right? Yeah. Yeah, and there's, if things are not real, they, can, they don't have to have a cause or effect, right? But, that, but, the, but the thing there is I had never put, I'd never put cause and effect to mathematical anything. Mm -hmm. I'd, yep. never, I'd never even thought there's, there are no cause and effects. There just is. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I was thinking, I was thinking about this and I was thinking, okay, where, where are the verbs and the nouns in the number, in the, in the, in the natural number? <laughs> there are no such things as verbs well, and nouns. Well, th there are, but they're not in the number sets. They're in the mathematical, uh, um, the, um, the symbols. That's mm -hmm. where they are. The symbols tell us what the earth, what the verbs and the nouns are. I'm not the what the operators. The yes, mm -hmm. the, the operator. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Those those tell us what the verbs and the noun or what the verbs are anyway. Mm. Right? Isn't that what they? That's the function. Well, of it's like one plus one in the plus is the verb. Right. Right, and the ones are the nouns. Yes. Is, yeah. And that's what I was thinking, but it goes back to I had really never ever ever thought how cause and effect with mathematics. Mm -hmm. That there was no cause and effect. They're descriptive. You know, math, uh, math, math, uh, label, there are labels more. Than yeah. Less so than math is, labels. math is all uh, adjective, right? <laughs> it describes, uh, describes, uh, objects that are not real. 
Yeah. Or they could be real or they could not be real, right? Because you could. say one apple. But even if they're real, we've abstracted the the aspect of the of the real the, of the real thing. Yes. Yeah. We've abstracted it from so it's the part. Yeah, numbers are numbers are a total abstraction. A total abstraction. But you know, I yes, they are, but we are we're not taught that. We're not taught that they're an abstraction. Mm-hmm. We are taught, let's see, what do they call it? There's later in this article it talks about uh let's see it must be down here it's interesting because i, I want to talk a little bit about um so i was reading dan o'reilly's book uh, the honest truth about dishonesty and mm-hmm. he he talks about i mean you've read predictably and irrational right. any of his other stuff where he talks about how humans are just literally dishonest basically they'll right. they'll We're fudge everything all the, all the time. time we we lie we lie about everything right and he said that the lies get bigger as the more abstraction there is yeah so we, the closer you are talking about yeah so the we've closer you are to about the truth. that the whole time <laughs> so that's what i'm saying is that is that does that mean that numbers are also lies <laughs> because they're abstract from the truth of reality <laughs> math is a lie <laughs> well so the the, the, the the you know the platonists believe that math is like if it's not in mathematics, it's not it's not describing reality. That's yeah, it doesn't think. exist. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, okay. And having taken logic, which is kind of the next step of that, is to take the logical forms of mathematics and work through the logical the logic of it. I'm like, okay, so we got we got some s and some p, mm-hmm. and like, and so that's an abstraction. So the forms itself of the of the logical formulas and the mathematical formulas, the form itself exists outside of reality. Mm-hmm. It does not exist without a label, without some kind of label to describe. Yeah. Right. So, yes, and it's an abstraction, but it's a useful abstraction to sh- to show relationships. I think. That's I think it's more useful to describe relationships of S to P mm-hmm. to make um, Q. So it's necessary. We have to we have to use it. Yeah, and I think it's down here where it said. Oh, I think what the, uh, there's a very interesting thing in the, where it says something uh, of what they call it's called. Oh, let me see if I can get to the sentence. However. Is However, this, yeah. So the guy is positing that that mathematics, the philosophy of math and mathematics, is um, holistic. You cannot, so you cannot really abstract it from all the other parts of of, of reality because it's a holistic thing. So it's more gestalt, I guess, is what I would say. But let me take let me take the sentence and it says, "However, our knowledge." really is holistic involving expressing physical theory expressing physical theory we are also committed to accepting the existence of the mathematic mathematical objects mm-hmm. this is called pardon me the indispensable oh man the indispensability argument so called because mathematics is indispensable in science mm. and i had i went Oh, I never really thought about that because I lit. I I was trained in both both 
I'm not, I will never be the quantifiable statistical scientist. I understand how it works, but I'm not that guy, but I do understand quantitative really well, mm-hmm. how to do quantitative. Now. I mean, I mean, qualitative analysis and, and, some, and people have to, you have to start there. You don't start with the quantitative. You have to get in there where it's damn messy with yeah. that qualitative stuff and parse all that stuff out. So it makes sense. And then you can make, then you can put numbers to it. Yeah. 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 That's the only way to do it. As it it's a messy, it's a messy world. It's a <laughs> messy, messy, messy world. So, well, did yeah. Did we so- do anything? Did we hit, we hit on a lot of stuff. I mean, <laughs> I we hit on a lot, a lot of stuff. I mean, some really, we were all over the world on abstractions, I think. But I mean, we, uh... So does that mean that it almost tells me that we can't expect AI to ever understand us or reality or our reality? Well, okay. So within boundaries. Because it's, I, 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 in, it's, a hum, it's a, an uniquely human thing, is it not? I would think boundaries would be a uniquely human thing because it's, it's the boundaries of our perception. Either way, and I'm not. I'm not even sure where where are the boundaries of our perception because all computers, no matter what they do, are going to be working within the limits of our perceptions. Mm-hmm. Because if we can't perceive it, can we create it? And we can infer it, and that, that goes back to the tesseract. I guess is we can infer it, but we've never seen it. I don't know. That's an interesting. That's an interesting thing because we can infer the Big Bang hit happened, but we've never seen it. Yeah, we just we just look at the results. We see the results of it because of well, the time we, frame. We involved. see the results of the of what we think happened, but we're we're not really sure either because there's still three hundred thousand years not accounting for. So so, why do some people think that everything is going to shrink again? I don't see how that would ever happen. Okay, so, well, that has to do so. So you, that that has to do with the uh, expanding universes versus the collapsing universe, right? And that is so that's all tied up in in the the mass of the universe. Mm. And a lot of that has to do with the energy of the. the um, you're probably better on this. The entropy of the universe is. No, I mean, I can understand there being a Big Bang and I can understand all the, you know, everything fleeing away from some galactic center or not galactic, uh, some universal center. Right. Mm -hmm. And but I can't see how all of a sudden that, you know, eventually we'll get to some extent where it'll start collapsing again. It just seems to me that, you know, tropically, I don't see how it could unless what what gravitational forces will start pulling together maybe Correct. everything turns into a black hole so suddenly things start being pulled together i mean this, yes. there would have to be a huge preponderance of black holes for something like that to happen so, so I, I can't see how they they came to that conclusion that there's possible that the universe could collapse again well so there's there's a lot of debate in it. i mean i'm, I'm not going to say i'm right on top of it but i my understanding is is once once we get to near absolute zero the energy to go forward out into the universe is going to start working against um 
micro microgravity or or mm. the the um nuclear the what they call, there's a force within the atom that you know the um positive positive we'll say positrons mm-hmm. and electrons that there that that energy is going to be going less and less and less and the mass is supposed to draw it back together oh okay i think i think but i don't know but but the thing missing there is something called a graviton which is we have inferred is there but i don't know that we've actually got it yet right so I, the graviton I go ahead go ahead no i mean i can see the universe expanding forever bad right. infinitum but i cannot see how it could possibly collapse again because everything is just so far apart that like well, it's so could... far apart anyway i mean yeah. it's a i mean think about it we're when you look at your hand you're you think you're seeing something so and this is this goes almost in in a plato is the, there's a form there but there's not anything other than a form and we perceive it to be that but it's not that yeah there are there are electrons and protons we know they're there because science tells us they're yeah but we have never seen them. So we see the outward. So this, we summarize and, and to kind of tie it all together. And all those, all those uh, atomic forces within inside the atom, we don't, we're not even aware that's happening. And it happens billions and billions of times per second. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. That's true. Our, so going back to what I was saying is our awareness, the AI is going to have to work outside of our ability to infer. Mm-hmm. And it may take, I mean, it worked at super speed. So I'm guessing it, it, it can get there, but we don't know how long it's going to take. Well, and, and, and we the don't other know thing, what, <laughs> I think you're, I think you're leading to this is that we, if it's outside of our perceptions, how the hell can it explain it to us? Like, this is what, this is what I just did. And, like, and we're like aghast because we want to know how it did it and then it won't be able to tell us because it's outside of the our ability so, to perceive. so okay so what it's going to have to do is, is just like everything else that's new it's going to have to find analogies that we do understand right and put it with our, either that or analogies or metaphors they're going to have to find an analogy or a metaphor or maybe a myth it could be a myth those to me those are three different things but they yeah. all serve the same function to is to move understanding forward yeah and they they serve different purposes but they do they their function is about the same yeah because everyone talks about how ai has to be explainable right you have to you have to be able to uh, lift the hood and ask it why did you come to this conclusion right and if it can't describe how it came to a conclusion but it comes to a really good conclusion then People are like, oh, okay, well, you know, I need to know how you got there. Otherwise, I'm not going to trust trust this answer. But maybe it won't be able to describe it. Well, okay. So as you were talking right then, what popped in my mind is how many things do we have out there that we cannot explain, but we use them all the time? <laughs> That's a good question. I don't think there's that many, are there? There are things uh, I that think are there's probably more than we than we'd like to believe there are. Yeah. Because I I mean there's um, so uh, YouTube uh, they have like several channels of things that are that we can't ex- that they found in in archaeology 
they found this, but they can't explain it. Right. You know, and I think there's more out there than we think. I, I think there probably think is, that, but I, I mean, I personally, I don't, I don't know much about, I don't know many things that are unexplained, but I'm, I'm assuming I could, we could probably go look it up. Like you said, well, you know, I mean, certain, so, so once you got, we just again, haven't figured it out yet. I like, my, I, I just have faith that, you know, it's just like we haven't seen the right, you haven't seen the right angle. We haven't on unlocked, this. The, we haven't yeah. unlocked the encryption. There's, 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 yeah, there's some explanation for this. We just don't know what it is yet. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. And our perception, but this is going back to your AI thing, is we haven't found the metaphor or the myth or the analogy that is going to allow our awareness to unlock. Now, I'm going to go with, um, the DNA, the the double helix where he had the dream. Uh, yeah. I, I don't know. There's so much myth around this stuff. I'm not even sure. But at Crick, where he dreamed it of t- like entwined snakes or something like mm-hmm. that, mm-hmm. and then tried it out and it worked. Okay. Before that, before he had that metaphor, uh, uh, it didn't make any sense to him. They couldn't describe it. But once they got the right one, then they were able to do it and then it became useful to us. Yeah. So it could have been like God inserting the image into his head or it could have been his brain sort of actually making the connections or whatever. So there's lots of things. Yeah. Could be any or all of that. And, and we don't know, we don't. So that's the creative spark. You know, and we, and I know you and I both talk about this a lot is the creative spark is there that somebody somewhere sees something that has not been seen before. Yeah. And yeah. they, ha- and so to, to make it useful, they have to break it up to where we can understand it. Yeah. Yeah. To make it u- useful. And, and I, I think analogies are one way. I don't think they can analogies that are close so that you have to think close, not exact. It's not going to be totally accurate, but it's going to be close enough that we can look at it and go, Oh, Oh, mm-hmm. you know, it's that aha, like the aha moment. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, so I want to talk about uh, a bit about that five hour rabbit hole you sent me down. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what you in the last say? five minutes, in the last five minutes. It's, oh, like, yeah. it's really Cover compelling. Five hours in five minutes. It's, okay, really, it's really compelling, isn't it? I mean, I'm it watching is. this thing and I'm going, wow, look at all these examples. But you know, again, it's pulled out of context, right? I can, I can, I can make convince anybody of anything if I just pull enough things out of context okay, and, so and I, show I, them. I, I, I like the comment that is context is king. Yeah. The the thing that I will counter the, the context is king is these people are intentionally using these symbols when they didn't have to, and why are they using the same symbol? Exactly. And that's the thing that drove that. And, and for me, it's that, you know, the hand in the jacket, the hand in the, the jacket. Hand. Yeah, yeah, the, the hidden, hidden hand. You uh, see it everywhere. Yeah. But it's like, it's like, there's no explanation for it. Right. No. Like I said, no. like the only time I ever put my hand in there is to check my cell phone or make sure my, I have my wallet and yeah. the positioning of where people are putting it is got nothing to do with that. So there's no explanation for the reason why anybody would do that. And especially that little clip where he has Fauci doing it. That's it's an it looks so obvious that he's doing that specific movement for some specific signaling. Right. Yeah. That that you got to say to yourself, OK, why did he do that? 
there's no apparent reason other than the fact that it's sending some kind of message right i'm i'm in the club you're not in the club yeah don't you take what i i'm just letting everybody know i'm in everybody out there who's in the club you know i'm in the club too (laughs) right and the the handshake too the people the people have shook my hand like that and i think to myself that's weird (laughs) so so i so go ahead the 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 all seeing eye. So I I, yeah. I I don't remember if this guy does it because there's another one out there where you hold your hand up where your finger where your forefinger and thumb are there and you're looking through your eye and your other three fingers are extended. Right? Mm-hmm. Did they mm-hmm. did they do that? No, I don't think they did that. Okay, so you're looking through your eye and your forefingers up. What that has been described to me as six six six. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because the fingers, the your forefinger make the the bottom part, and your other and your three extended fingers make the the <laughs> the thing on the six. So they it's like a spiral, right? <laughs> and I'm like, oh wow! And you know, I'm like when they were when they were uh, what about two or three years ago when the symbol that was the symbol of white supremacy. Yeah, the OK yeah. sign was the symbol. It's not exactly the same, but it's close. It's the okay symbol was the symbol of white supremacy. I'm like, yeah, they're trying, they're trying, they're oh man, that so it messes with you. You well, so go ahead. <laughs> well, Elon did that right at one point on, on oh, Saturday Night Live. I mean, <laughs> he was like he, goofing if, around and he was doing that, and it's like, and it was like, aha, he flashes the white supremacy symbol. Yeah, I'm like what? <laughs> Since when? <laughs> So how do you know he's goofing around? <laughs> you don't. He may make it look like he's goofing around, but he could be in the club too. That's right. That's right. Well, there's actually, I don't know if you noticed the clip of uh, Trump is there too. He was doing yes. that, that handshake. Right. And I'm like, wow, <laughs> there, that, there's the proof. It was all, that, that, it that was all a false you. flag. Oh man, I'm telling you that messes with <laughs> When I saw that, I went, oh man. So... It's all they're all in the club, man. I don't know. I don't know how much truth there is to this. So let's so we've and we've touched on this in in various things. When we talked about they have they have to destroy the they have to destroy the grassroots culture. Yeah. They have because they can't impose their own culture on the grassroots culture. And we talked about this when we talked about destroying the Star Wars myth. They had to destroy it. Yeah. And they've done a really good job of it too. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, it it yeah. continues, and it continues. It continues. Well, it continues with, yeah. the, with the, uh, in a, I'm never going to say it right, the Malor- Malvadorian? Mandalorian. They actually, Mandalorian is okay. not bad, because that was and I've heard that's really that good, so pre, there's, there's, pre-woke culture. Yeah, there, there's hope that they can, they can pull it out of the pit, because yeah. I've, what I've heard is the last Star what was the last Jedi was was so bad and i've not seen it so i'm i'm talking it out is of my head. it's extremely bad it's extremely bad so i there so there's i'm i've only seen the first the the prequel the prequels i've only seen i've seen one of them twice and the other two only once mm-hmm. but i've seen all the of the of the of the the middle trilogy i've seen all of them multiple times multiple yeah. multiple yeah. times yeah yeah me too 
And uh, you know, I might go back and watch Rogue One because I thought that was pretty good. Mm-hmm. But all the rest of them, I'm like, well, the, what was the? Uh, oh, the rest the of them were junk. Huh? Were well, junk. I really thought they were going to do something with the, what the the lady that is Reigns, or what's her what's her name, Ray. Mm-hmm. I thought they were going to do something with the lady that was at at the compound that had the big eyes. I, I thought, oh, that looks like a Star Wars character. They're going to do something with. Yeah, and it doesn't seem to me that they did anything with it. Oh, they did something with it, but it was it was lame. Yeah, it was just really lame. It was like don't 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 waste your time. <laughs> okay, so so I was I was thinking okay, Lando Calrissian that they made something out of that character. Mm-hmm. And and you know they made let's see another one. Yeah, but they destroyed it and they destroyed that character in Solo. Yeah, yeah. Well, I haven't well, I seen got, that, so I, I gotta go. I gotta okay, go. Okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk about uh, Star Wars next time. Okay, we'll talk we'll talk later, Chris. All right. Thank you. Thanks, man. Bye. Talk to you later. Bye. To be continued on the next episode of Oddly Incorrect.